Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today, I'm back with Mark. How's it going, Mark? Good as always. And today we're not going to talk about courses because according to the download numbers, clearly people don't really care about selling courses, although we did okay, but it is quite a few less people. So actually let us know if you care about us talking about selling products, something that I am personally interested in more and more. We still do a lot of affiliates, but I also like selling products on our own. But anyway, today that's not what we're talking about. We're going back to our roots and we are talking about publishing content on your site. And... This is a question that comes up a lot on our course groups. People ask, you know, when do I start publishing? How do I need to wait till I have 20 articles to publish or 10 articles to publish? Or should I publish right away? Is this going to affect my rankings? How, you know, what is the best way, etc. So today we are going to look at our personal experience. We're going to tell you about that. We're going to be looking at what big personalities have said and case studies, et cetera, and try to mix and match it to come up with a plan of action on what is the most optimal way to publish. And given the fact that Mark mostly prepared this podcast, Mark, what's the best? First of all, let's talk about the URL for the show, which is authorityhacker.com forward slash drip hyphen versus hyphen batch. And if you listen to me just there and visit that URL, you will no doubt understand that we're talking about two kind of opposite views here that is one dripping your content so you know let's say you produce four blog posts a week or one blog post a week or 10 blog posts a week and kind of every week or every few days or every day you're releasing more and more in kind of an ongoing basis or ongoingly basis as gil you mentioned in the pre-show notes made of a word there versus the a startup actually but yeah versus the all at once kind of batch process so i hear or i see a lot of people use the batch process which is you know ordering 100 or 500 articles and releasing them all at once, particularly when you're starting a second or third or more site. And also particularly when using like a, an agency to produce this. It's not something I particularly recommend for beginners because of various reasons we'll, we'll get into, but there's sort of two sides to this question. First of all, it sort of came up because just by accident, really, because on health ambition, Last year, we made some changes to our team. We decided to redesign the site. We needed to find a new editor. A bunch of other things were were sort of broken with the site. And long story short, it ended up being, I think it was like close to nine months without... When I we, think it was from August till March, yeah, something like this. Yeah, when we didn't publish any content, not a single piece. But all of that time, we were writing so we had huge amounts of content sort of in 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 waiting shall we say and over the last month or two we've uh, we published it all i mean the cat the, the the catching up process was crazy some weeks i was publishing like 70 articles on this site right it's been interesting and we just finished catching up now actually the first kind of question that comes to when we're talking about this that people want to know is does that affect your seo does that affect your rankings there's a sort of common, I would say, myth that I guess I even held to a certain extent, though I don't really know why back in the day. I've heard a few other people talk about this. There's this sort of perception that you have to 
almost pretend to be like a regular blogger, i.e. someone who's writing a few articles per week and publishing on a regular basis to gain some kind of legitimacy in the eyes of Google. Let me just say, say this, this is not true, but this is something which, which does come up a, a long time, uh, sorry, fairly often. I've even seen some people order a batch of content and then have it all ready and then schedule it manually in WordPress to go out you know, piece by piece over you know, months. So there's an article on uh, seoroundtable.com quoting uh, John Mueller that, what's his job? Like, he's the new Matt He's Cuts. the new Matt Cuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't really know. Like, head of... We- head of spam, I think, yeah. Yeah. Head of the spam basically, basically, he's part of the team which uh, looks... which works closely with the actual ranking algorithm and often communicates sort of advice to SEOs, website owners, that, that sort of thing. Anyway... He has gone on the record and said it's absolutely fine to release 100,000 pages at once. So if that's not a signal that releasing content in batches has no negative effect on, has no direct negative effect on SEO, then I don't know what is. Now, one caveat I would add to that is that in that same article, uh, we'll link to it in the show notes, but he also said, he didn't write the article, they're quoting him here. But he had said that there could be issues, for example, if the Googlebot needs to crawl 100,000 pages and that could impact like server performance and crawl budget and this kind of stuff to an extent. But I think what he's trying to get at was you definitely shouldn't be slowing down your content release in order to, I don't know, make Google happy because it's it's not a thing. It doesn't work. So, yeah, I just want to get that. I mean... You know, if you look at sites, so, you know, there was about.com that has now rebranded into more you know, niche specialized sites, like one of them being very well fit. I think they have very well family and they have several of them and they have the Spruce as well. Mm-hmm. They have quite a few sites. They're, they're a very interesting company to look at when you want to learn about high scale content marketing. Mm-hmm. And all this content that they had plus more was on about.com and they had subdomains for this and then they release these brand new domains and then on day one they had probably more than 100,000 pages to be honest yep and if you go in Ahrefs and put very well fit on in Ahrefs you'll see that this definitely has not helped them to release an absolutely ginormous amount of content on all their sites on and both ongoingly and at the beginning and now it's like all their sites are already in the millions of visits per month so if that is also a pretty interesting case study on we're uh, using a lot of content at once, you know. For sure. And I've also seen a number of Authority Hacker Pro members who are starting, you know, second, third sites who will order a, a, like a batch of content, you know, spend 10 grand or 20 grand on getting this content. And, and when, when it's ready, like throw it all up at once on a brand new site, brand new domain, all that kind of thing. And it's had, uh, you know, it hasn't had any negative effect. It's just been treated as if it was all you know, published normally kind of thing. So I think the takeaway for this first part, which the takeaway for this first part is there's not really a negative SEO impact on all of this. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't artificially withhold publishing content for any kind of reason, at least to do with that. Now, what I did want to focus on though, for the the rest of the show, I mean, if that's all you care about, eight minute podcasts, we're done. Yeah. But all right, thanks for listening. See you next week. If, if, there's a lot more there's a lot more to it though from the not from the SEO side, but from the actual 
I guess, like publishing side. So like things like quality and, uh, you know, fixing mistakes and even like writer engagement and that sort of thing kind of really come into this depending on which, which kind of, which kind of model you, you, you take. So I think probably the best way of, is if we just like talk about, uh, talk about each one and then just go through the sort of pros and cons of, of them. Mm. Okay. You want to stop? Sure. Okay. So this is, so let's first talk about dripping content, which is just organically publishing content, a few articles a week, or, you know, it can be more. And I would say like the biggest thing for this, uh, the biggest issue here as to why you should do it is an investment thing. So in the authority site system, our beginners course, we would we would never recommend doing a huge batch of content upfront because it's such a huge investment. We once spent, I think, a thousand thousand dollars. This was like four years ago doing this. And you know, if we start a new site now, we would spend easily five figures. You know. Yeah, we've done it. Um, so that's just a huge amount of money if you're not already making money in this business. So it's not only a psychological thing, but it's a big risk. You know, there's many other things that you can mess up, especially if it's your first site. So I, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't recommend going in batches that way. However, the whole like spending ten thousand now or spending two hundred dollars a week for a year, like which would you rather do, kind of thing. I didn't do the math there. I just made it up, so nobody questioned that. But you get what I'm saying here, yeah. It's not that far, actually, because it's like 52 weeks a year, so yeah. you're, you're all right. Yeah. So that's kind of one issue straight away. The second second one is that you get to – so with dripping content, you get to see what works over time before you overcommit. We had an interesting example here fairly recently on health ambition. So when all that stuff was going on where we weren't publishing – we ended up writing a lot of articles about sort of home gym equipment and uh, rowing machines and, and these kinds of things, which hasn't, I mean, the site's called Health Ambition, but typically it's focused more on nutrition and like food and, you know, supplements and th- this kind of stuff. So we hadn't really done that much. And for whatever reason, that content just doesn't seem to be sticking very well. It doesn't- There's like one article that works, the rest is just very very low yeah i mean we've published what like a hundred of these articles now or something yeah and it's too late we've already spent that money so that's a really good example i mean learn from our mistakes that if you go and batch content in that way there's a good chance that something is just not going to work and you're 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 not going to get any return on that as as we're seeing now so by dripping your content you have time to see what's working and adjust continually adjust your focus do more of what is working and less of what is not working i think we need to talk about something though because like i think you're putting together dripping the content in terms of publishing and dripping the content of production sure because there's some people that will produce a batch of content then drip it in publishing you know in that case, they still have published all these home gym equipment articles. So I think in that case, it, your argument works if production is dripped as well. Yeah. So I mean, this this whole what I'm talking about here is dripping the whole thing. So there there's a kind of process of the keyword research, the writing, the editing, the publishing. It kind of it all happens sequentially within a very short space of time. It's not sort of stored up and then published, which is 
okay, what we did without the mission was a little bit different, but yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't sort of, I wouldn't classify it in a different way. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I just wanted to tell because some people, they produce in batch, but they still consider dripping the publishing, you know? Yeah, uh, which I, I mean, I think that's. A, I believe this is the worst. That's actually. a terrible idea for the reasons we said <laughs> earlier about the, the the SEO part of it. I mean, the, the but I think the yeah, main ad, the main advantages of doing it one way or the other are on the production side of things. Yeah, because if you've been producing all that content and you're waiting to publish it, and Google says there's no problem publishing it, then you're essentially holding your content on your Google Drive has zero chance of making money and start ranking and start getting links. And it's like you're just losing money in the, in the meantime when this and over time this kind of is becoming more and more outdated depending on the time. There's also like huge yeah. risks there because you know if you're spending thousands of dollars on this content and sitting on yeah. Google Drive, we had this thing earlier a few months ago where we migrated our, our Google Drive accounts, merged a few, and we didn't lose files, but we couldn't see them for a while, which was like really scary. And for us, that was like thousands, probably tens of thousands of dollars worth of content sitting there. That's a risk. Even if you're not doing something like that, you know, there's always a risk that someone accidentally deletes it and you don't notice or someone, some writer. We had this ages ago, a writer would write content and then publish that same content on her own blog, which obviously a big no-no in terms of our content, if it was published later, would then be seen as duplicate content. And I'm sure there's a bunch of other sort of oddball things that can happen, but essentially there's a risk that something bad can happen if you're if you're storing it up for for a long time. The other thing is uh, like mistakes. Mistakes are repeated many times with batches. So something which you would maybe catch after the first week or the second week, you see something's not being doing right continuously, then you can fix it if you're dripping content. That's great. You can talk to your writer, and the next next week they can produce better content they can fix that mistake but if you have a hundred articles which all have like a bad introduction because they didn't understand like who the user was which is something that's happened to us again recently then what happened exactly i think people want to know it was for another site and we produced a number of pieces of content which were specific to i think it was like specific to like certain countries it was like localized things and the introduction was basically describing that country, which in the context of the niche and the article, like really made no sense. It felt very like padded filler kind of word count rather than actually adding any value to it or grabbing attention. And it's the kind of thing that if I was reading it, it would really sort of put me off from trusting that. Article. Yeah, you'd be like, it's a content farm. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, that's kind of an, another example there of, of what could potentially go wrong. But, you know, imagine doing that 100 or 500 times and then having to go back and fix all of them. It's, it, it's, yeah, yeah, it's not just structure structuring stuff as well, but even like small spelling and grammar mistakes or like we had it where a writer was not using like the H1, H2 formatting in Google Docs, which made it a lot harder to, to upload. They were just bolding it. So just little little things like that, that it's a two second fix really. But when you have 150 articles to, to do that for, it suddenly becomes more of a more of a big deal. And you know, sit on a similar vein, if the content's just not that good, then that's also a, a problem because generally I find working with writers 
especially someone you haven't worked with for a long time, there's a process and it takes a while to sort of get someone up to speed and writing the way you want and to the level that you want. So, you know, if you're just giving them a hundred keywords to write articles for, then, and then at the very end of that, you give feedback, it can create this sort of sense of they haven't really done a good job. And you can feel like you haven't really got what you what you wanted out of that, and that can that can sort of impact the that can mean that the general quality of the content which you're producing on your site is not good. So on a similar vein, with talking about writers actually, and there, I think that writers. So most writers prefer long term and stable work. Like even if they're a freelancer, full time, whatever that that's good. If they're writing and producing work, they're getting paid for that. If they're spending their time trying to find new clients and stuff, they're not getting paid for that. So, um, you know, there may be some writers that to to who like that whole side of things, but most that I've spoken to at least at least don't. And you know, one of the things that you can do by sort of dripping content is kind of have a predictable workload for them. So that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to work full-time or part-time with someone, but you can guarantee, you know, I'll order three articles a week from you, guaranteed every week kind of thing. And that has sort of extra benefits of building a better relationship with them. You can also negotiate better rates with them for that because they're not, you know, that's kind of guaranteed or almost guaranteed income for them. If you do hire full-time writers and you, you're dripping content to them, then that's, that's great. But if you batch some content and then you, you, don't, you don't constantly have work lined up for them, then anytime they're not writing, it's just basically lost, lost money for you. It's been a problem for us, actually, for some sites where we like, did huge batches and then we're like, well, we'll see what sticks and what doesn't and then do more content. And we've lost writers over that because we were not able to provide them with ongoing work, actually. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What's the other one? Okay, so batches are are just not very agile. So anyone who's familiar with, with agile or scrum methodology, if you're not, then you should read the book Scrum, The Art of Doing Twice the Work in Half the Time. Really good book. The, the general sort of concept is that rather than having huge plans to implement things which you know are very complex and have lots of moving parts and are prone to delays and things not working right and stuff like that, it, it comes from a sort of software development perspective, but it works equally. It's equally applicable yeah, in marketing well. or content production kind of thing. Basically, it means you can't change your mind and reorganize and you know refocus and and go shift to a different subtopic or that kind of thing you can't do that very easily with a large batch whereas if you're doing this on an ongoingly basis as gail would say it's much easier and you know if if you generally care about your content and you're working on an ongoing basis then typically you're going to be trying to continuously improve what you do of course this needs a good template so if you're doing like uh you know reviews of certain products then you kind of want to like standardize the way you do that. So have like a rating system, which is applicable to all of the, I don't know, rowing machines or whatever it is you're, you're reviewing. That's necessary in order to, I think, have a cohesive feel for your content on the, on the, on the site. But it does mean that if you're writing a big batch of content and like something, the scoring mechanism or you change from absolutes to percentages or stars or whatever, something like that changes, then, you know, you have to go back and rewrite all of them. And 
it can it can just be a little bit difficult to be honest. So yeah. Yeah, I think the the quality the the progression of quality of your content is going to be better if you drip content. Just because you're going to be paying attention every time a piece of content comes through. Whereas when you do a batch, usually like usually the amount of work put in is usually is lower and the amount of feedback loops is much, much yep. lower. So if you're not in a place where your content is absolutely excellent, I would say dripped is probably better overall. Another thing that you haven't mentioned, I think is very important, is if you're trying to build a relationship with your readers. Mm-hmm. So if you have people that read you regularly. So for example, what happens if we publish 25 podcast episodes tomorrow? It's like, I think it's better to publish one a week, you know, in terms of keeping people engaged with Atari Hacker and keeping it going as a brand or like, we know we have like a sales period coming in several months or something. Then it's better to just like take the audience we have and keep them engaged and dropping 50 pages of content on your site. Don't do that. But one thing that I think we do and not many people do is uh, we don't necessarily think that all the content that we produce and publish is worthy of promoting to you guys directly. Some content we produce, even on Atari Hacker, is not on the blog feed. It's just hidden. But it's here for SEO purposes, targeting specific needs, etc. And it does answer the needs that people have when people Google the keywords it's targeting. But it's not necessarily something I would email to the entire list and be like, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread or something like that. It's just answering sometimes very mundane questions, etc. So I would say there's, in terms of content that you want to put in front of your audience, especially if you're going to be running funnels and so on, then dripping is basically the only way to get people engaged, right? right? But, but you can also, I guess there's a place for batches in terms of like organi- increasing your organic traffic and all these things. As long as you have the site set up that would, for example, hide the posts from the main feed or something like that, then you can do a little bit of both, which, which is actually what we've done on Atari Hacker, several other sites as well. But relationship with is important. And if that's something you're trying to do, if you're trying to build an email list, you're trying to keep them engaged, you're trying to make sure they keep opening your emails and so on, you need to email them regularly. And dripping content is the best I would say, I would counter that though by saying that the reason we drip content on Authority Hacker has nothing to do with us trying to do that and everything to do with us not being able to produce content. Uh, you're, fast you're, say, you're not saying it's Sunday night and we're recording <laughs> no. that episode literally like six hours before it's yeah. being released. That's exactly, saying, exactly. Right? So uh, again, this goes back to, to what you're saying earlier about like when you have that content, it, is it that you're choosing to delay delay that in releasing it? And generally speaking, mm-hmm. for us, that's never ever been the case. Maybe like a couple of times we get like a week or two ahead in the podcast, but let's be honest, <laughs> you know, we have it. We have usually we get a week or two late yeah, on the podcast, yeah, yeah. and we're like, well, we'll publish on Thursday because. That's the only time where we can yeah. publish. But I'm not talking about just that. I mean, there was a time, not now, where we had actually a backlog on the blog, for example. I would actually space it enough so that it would be fairly regular, but there wouldn't be like any big gap in terms of publishing. Yeah, that, that's, so that, that's it, an it, interesting it, point, actually, because we were doing a lot of promotion around that. And it wasn't just, you know, emailing it, but there was a lot of like paid ad, like Facebook ads and... Yeah, personifications, yeah. etc. So there was, there was a bit of a process going on behind that, but... This was specifically to, or this was a case with Authority Hacker, which I think is a little bit different from the average kind of authority site in that every piece of content we have is like, it takes months sometimes to write these articles. I mean, it depends what direction people take, right? I think it's not necessarily a direction we should discourage people take because creating super high quality content in a niche is a great way to stand out. 
And if you're going to want to sell courses like the stuff we talked about last week and so on, it's kind of a good direction to take. And if you're doing that, then having some kind of drip content is the best way to engage. To play devil's advocate here, do you think it would be better or worse if we, in that situation, released the content, just like hit publish, but then, you know, promoted it on a dripped basis, if that makes sense? It can be the case, but like, I mean, it depends how your blog posts are displayed, but if you have the date on it, et cetera, people want that feeling of like, oh, this is just out. Yeah, you know? fair enough. If you have your published dates or if, if there's anything that's slightly outdated on the article that you're publishing, it's less a lot less powerful. And the, the people, like your best readers, the people that you care the most about engaging, they will notice, yep. you know. Okay, so let's talk about batches then, like proper content batches. I used to be a huge fan of, of this approach because it's just a lot more efficient. If you're batching any part of it from... Even from like keyword research, I mean, you you tell me, you do the keyword research. Is it easier to do 100 keywords or is it easy to do 10 a week for 10 weeks? I mean, I like to plan in terms of like hubs on the site, you know? So I like to really get into one sub-niche, right? I like, in this case on Health Mission, we did the home gym stuff, right? And I really got into it. I built like a profile of all the competitor sites and I really was like looking into them. And then when you're doing all that work, you might as well list all the potential keywords you could be ranking yeah. for, right? So it's always a batch. The size of the batches can be widely varying depending on the opportunities that you find when you're doing that research. But I mean, and that's one thing. It's like, I don't think it's incompatible with dripping mm -hmm. content. I think you can still plan it this way, but still drip content in terms of production at least so that you make sure each piece is the mm -hmm. best possible, you know? So when it actually comes to producing the content, like the ordering of it, assuming you're not the person writing, having someone edit it, doing the, the upload. I don't think there's any question that it's faster to, to do that in a sort of batched basis, especially something like the editing or the upload where it's it can get very, very repetitive. Uh, although to be fair, writing can get repetitive. There's a lot of sort of similar keywords. So, I mean, the, the reason why that, that is faster to as a batch is just because the time it takes to sort of think about, start and get going into a task is sort of like a fixed cost of time. And actually doing that task once, then stopping it, you know, takes a lot longer than doing it twice divided by two, if that makes sense. I think that's why it works, works a lot better. Way too much. Yeah. Math yeah. <laughs> The thing is, as well, is it is a as as we alluded to before. It's a good way to start a sort of second or third site if your focus is still sort of on your main site. I know quite a few people who have done this. They've they've still been sort of quite heavily invested in their first site. It's doing quite well, and then they want to start more uh, other sites in, in different niches. So they, you know, one weekend they did all the research and came up with a, a hundred articles or something, and then they went to a content agency and, and ordered them all. And you know, it's just an efficient way to get started versus doing it a little bit at a time and, and not really feeling like much progress is is getting made. So, as I said, I used to really like the idea of this approach. Part of the reason, I guess, I've I've got started like moving away from liking that kind of way of working so much is is because of the longer feedback loops and it's just been and the home yeah, gym it's it's really not the home gym articles but it's just a general feeling that if you're not really if you don't really have too much of a pulse on to as to how content's going on your site 
uh, like the production of it's going on your site, it's very, very easy to, for it to the quality to sort of decline towards mediocrity. So there is still a time and a place to do this kind of something you said a little bit before about like content hubs sort of plays into this mm. and it's getting a little bit advanced because it's, it's kind of like it's not it's a batch but it's not quite a batch but we're always making things look simple it's a, mini, well, like, it's, it's a mini batch shall we call it if and this is a big if if you really like commit to it and spend the time to like do the research and the planning and all that sort of stuff well up front you can really cover a topic in like good detail because you know you're you're really focused on that you're spending a lot of time researching what competitors are doing like understanding what makes good content about a specific topic or sub niche or or whatever and then uh you can naturally sort of be i guess quite on the ball with that versus publishing one rowing machine article review article per week or whatever i'm just imagining a hypothetical situation there you know you would you would sort of you would sort of forget what the the key factors are in making the decision and and that you get a little bit off the ball so to speak sorry for my world cup puns uh, uh, that's going on right now but are you watching no it's just now? finished <laughs> okay <laughs> commiserations so, to all our german yeah, listeners, it, by the way yeah i mean it's yeah you you once you're in a mood like it's it's good i think batching there's nothing wrong with it provided you spend the same amount of time and effort per article planned as you would if mm-hmm. you were dripping, right? The problem is, let's be realistic, most of the time that's not what happens. Most of the time what happens is you're like, oh my God, here's 20 keywords, slap all of them into a spreadsheet. And then you look at two of them and you're like, okay, we're just going to do this for all of them. And you like the subtlety in the research. And that's the risk with batching. And I've done it many times, even not that long ago. And it's something that is going to be the trap of batching. The trap of batching is is cutting corners by trying to put together things that don't necessarily mm-hmm. belong together and making decisions on like word count or keyword density or things like that that don't match the specific article, just match the category you put it in. Yeah, it, it leads and, to uh, a general that's... sort of commoditization of content or a view that you know, a piece of content is is a commodity and, the, the, you know, it's a 1,000 word article is a 1,000 word article kind of thing versus just a good article. I'm not saying the word count is not important, but the focus shifts away from quality type factors into more measurable quantitative SEO factors, keyword density and, and that kind of thing, which again is still important. It takes something away from the, the quality output is what, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, rather than if you're writing that one article and you really have to make it work. But the thing is, like, in some cases, in some niches that are not that competitive, I'd say this approach is still quite profitable and still very doable. And we've done it many times, even recently, and it works. The problem is, is when you get into the high-paying competitive niches, uh, the bar is raising really high these days. And, and so you need to get that per-article approach and really tailor what's going to be talked about and how you're going to structure it and all the elements of your articles on a per article basis because if you don't there's going to be other people that are willing to do it and these people are going to rank above you in search so that's that in pure return investment perspective it's going to be the cost of the most more competitive niches but if you're starting in niche that's like 
quite uncompetitive. And right now, I'm actually recording and doing all the niche research of the new AutoSI system. There's plenty of low competition niches. I'm not going to give them here, but like today, I was literally looking at hundreds of sites and actually doing that market research. And there's, there's plenty of them. Well, this batch approach, even with, let's be honest, not the absolute best care for each individual article, is applied it's still it's still yeah so it's kind of like a sort of glass ceiling effect that you can get started and you can start making money sometimes being good money from doing this and the the appeal is it's quite easy to start a batch it's quite easy to plan a batch and just sort of throw it away to a content agency and get it all produced and throw it up on the site and build some links and make money and it works Great. And some people, you know, their entire business is focused around doing this and repeating it many, many times. And, you know, either selling the sites further down the line or just earning a decent monthly paycheck from, from each site. And when you, you add them all up, it, it really mounts up. And it's, it's great, you know, and people make millions of dollars doing that. However, the biggest, the best sites, you know, th- that's not the approach that, that's going to work. I don't think it's, uh, you have to really go deep rather than wide with your content, preferably both, but that's not something that. It's actually what Brandon said a, a while ago. Uh, Brandon was like, oh, like, yeah, it's like an inch wide and a uh, mile deep content or something. I don't know? think it was him that said and, that uh, originally. Was- that's been, I've been using that. The internet is a mile wide and an inch deep quotation for at least uh, seven so years now i think so. so it's probably he's still totally i, know, I, I, and I definitely didn't it. invent it i heard it somewhere but. <laughs> all right anyway it really depends on where you're at right if you want to make job replacing money batching content batching average content i think it can work if you want this job replacing money to last for 10 years i'd be i'd be a little careful if you want to make a hundred million dollars not do that yeah you probably can't uh, do that so so it depends on your ambitions as well. I was talking about that to some yeah. friends yesterday, actually. And there's a time and a place for the batching. And I also think that, so when we work on some of our sites right now, I see some very, very narrow content templates. So like comparing two products within a category, like, you know, steppers or something like, or like maybe rowing machines or something like me. And I could put together a template that compares rowing machines. But like, I would need to actually work on a template that's specific to rowing machines, right? Do something really, really specific. And then provided I find, let's say, 50 keywords related to comparing various popular rowing machines, then I would have no problem batching the production of that and then publishing that on our site just because it's so precise in terms of what it talks about. And my template would be accounting for what makes a good rowing machine and so on. And I would have, it wouldn't be like how to compare two products. It would be how to compare two As a counterpoint to that, then we have done that fairly recently with, with, with several several sites not specifically about rowing machines, but taking a specific, very, very narrow topic, which you know can apply, like uh, we use the rowing example, this versus this, and then this versus the next one, and this versus the next one. And what you're saying is make an awesome template that's really good. And we've done that, and it's worked reasonably well. However, by the time we'd finished writing you know, 50 of these articles, we got a lot better at knowing it. what a good, how to assess a good rowing. I'm not going to say what it was, but like imagine it was a rowing machine. Then you, the inclination we had at that point was to then go back and edit, you know, the the ones we did at the start of that batch, yeah. 
because, or at least even the end of the batch, because we'd missed out on all these these things which we, we suddenly saw. So there's a there's an argument like as you go through it, you're constantly learning and constantly gaining experience, and you need to like feed that back, create a feedback loop, and input that back into the content production process, so that you or your writers or whoever's producing the content is aware of these kind of like increasing increasing awareness you have about the nuances of a of, of a specific product or way of uh, you know judging uh, something that's a review for example yeah but if you hadn't gone through that process you would not have figured out a better absolutely way but what i'm saying is that if you go through you know five or ten then and you're assessing that on a daily or weekly basis yeah. in enough detail then you're sort of continually improving them as opposed to writing 50, which are at the worst. I mean, still good, but like at the, at the bottom end of what you can do. And then after you've written them all, then knowing what it takes to write a good one of these and having to go back and do all 50 again kind of thing. So I think it's better to to take the ongoingly basis with continuous feedback loops from, from that perspective. No, I was just going to say we're going to go and edit all these articles and then next week we'll talk about sure. updating content. <laughs> I mean, it's a ne- look, this is a never-ending game, this, is it? You know, you always want to update your content. There's always something you can make better. It's never going to be perfect and you have to be kind of okay with that. It's how okay you are with, with you know, which degree of quality is, is, is kind of what we're talking about here. There are a few other things that I want to talk about for, for batching, which is, you know, it's generally something to, to, to I think it's, it's good. And that is that you can kind of take, you as the site owner can kind of take your mind off it for a while and focus on something else. So if you're constantly at, you know, answering questions with a writer about, you know, step machines or whatever it is, and, you know, every five minutes you're getting distracted, uh, pulling you out from doing, working on other sites or getting focused, deep work done. So the, one of the appeals of batching is you put in a, a bit, a full day and do all this and planning and then set it going. And then, you know, you just, you just sort of let it go and then. You forget about it or not forget about it, but you put it at the back of your mind and then you deal with all the issues when they come in at the end of the batch. Check back with it every five minutes. So again, if you're thinking of starting other sites, but you you haven't sort of figured out how to have the time to do that, this can be a, an approach that, that can work in that situation. So yeah, that's it. Thank uh, you. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so what's the best then? What's the best? What's the, what do we do? Um, I mean... First of all, if you're a beginner and you're you're new to this, you should not under any circumstance be thinking of producing large content in large content batches. I'm talking like, you know, more than sort of 20 or so at a time because or ordering more than 20 or so at a time. Just because there's so many things about producing producing content which you just have to learn by doing it. And it's also a big investment. And you're probably wondering if this online marketing thing actually works or it's just people posting fake sales pages with pictures of Ferraris to try and get you to buy their their program kind of thing. It was me at the start when I got into this. So <laughs> I was wondering whether it actually worked or not. And so the biggest sort of mental hurdle to convince to get to is to understand that, that what works and how it works. Once you get to that point and you have a successful site, let's say you replace your, you know, your day job, you, you might just quit that. You, you have an income basically, and you want to start other sites. Then that can be the point where uh, producing batches does make sense. 
especially if you know, your time is a big constraining factor there. However, you know, so it, it, it does work. However, I would still recommend against it or at least having a sort of more regular and more thorough kind of check or assessment of how the content is is going this can be a weekly review session you do or you know something like that but at least every week to to check that's sort of going in the right direction you're not veering too far off off course with things yeah, I mean, it really depends on where you're at personally. For the beginners, we actually recommend in the authority side system that you write the first 10 articles yourself. And it's not because it's the most fun thing, but first of all, it makes people learn more about the niche and the products. And second of all, it makes them, nobody's going to care as much about your site as you. And by doing this, by doing the writing, you will establish a voice, you will establish and establishing a voice is such a bullshit marketing <laughs> thing. You will establish a standard of content for your site. You will say, you will go to writers when you hire them and you'll be like, this is what I want. And you will only have yourself to blame if the content that you've produced is not good enough. It's just, you haven't tried enough. So try the hardest you can, put that content on your site, and then every writer you hire, this is the benchmark that they're measured against. And so that is a really good way to really get a site going strong. Uh, I'm still going to, uh, to say that I like, so I like the idea of, personally, I don't have a lot of time, of like doing a, some market research, having a list of niches, and then just throwing together a little bit of content. I would not throw like tens of thousands of dollars, but like one, two thousand dollars of content on the site, do a, a few links, and then just see how it goes. And then if the site looks like it's got some life into it, then I actually go back and re-edit it and accept the fact that I would have to re-edit the content and just make the site actually great. But at least it will allow me it would allow me to put some kind of a minimum viable product out there and kind of get a feel for the niche in terms of SEO for my own site, basically. So I, I kind of like it for that. But for the sites we really care about, we're actually moving away from batches right now. We're more moving into putting a lot of care into each piece of content, trying to make them stand out, et cetera. But when you're getting started, sometimes it's a good idea. And to be honest, it's a lot of the stuff we talk about in the Autorized System is kind of like the point of an Autorized System site is to be a minimum viable product that can replace your income and that can prove that and I can buy your time back so that you can actually make a great site from that time. You know? Yeah, so, that, that's, that's um, worth, worth yeah, that highlighting as well because if you're sort of like have the perfectionist mentality too much, and you're still, you know, getting started, it's very easy to fall into a trap where you're afraid to publish anything because you don't think it's good enough. Or you're afraid to like get started because, yeah. you know, you just you have such high expectations or standards for, for yourself. It's good to have those standards, but nothing really teaches you more than like just raw experience of doing. Yeah. Just throwing stuff on the internet and trying to promote it and just seeing how it goes. And then when something looks like it's an opportunity. Just go all in and just do the best thing you can. I think it's it's kind of like a lean startup way of, of building websites. You know, it's kind of like testing stuff. See, and then if you've got some validation on your experiment, then actually build a real product. I like this approach for websites as well. And like, especially if you have a little bit of money on the side, like ordering one or two batches of strategic content for a niche and then testing it. And then after that, well, you accept that you have to rebuild the whole thing from scratch. It was just an MVP. And making the best site you can, I think it's not necessarily about a use of batches, essentially. So I think we're going to wrap it up here. If you're a beginner, I would say if you're a beginner without money, then you definitely should go for the drip approach. If you're a person that has more money than time, testing things, like I said, 
with an MVP type site with a batch and then eventually building a really good site and bringing more feedback loop into just getting better at that content in that niche. It's probably a good idea. You really should be committing to the research part. Like really, I see so many sites that have filler content these days that it's really time for the people that want this stuff to last for a long time to go the extra mile and, and do what other people are not willing to do. And yeah, that's basically it. Any other um, thing you want to say? Yeah, just the when like whichever way of doing it, uh, you 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 sort of decide to adopt the feedback loop. The short feedback loop is is really key to to making it work. So just because you're doing as a drip in itself doesn't mean that your content is going to be better quality. It's because yeah. that shorter time frame allows you to have the the shorter feedback loop. That that that's what really drives the the continuous improvement. And for either case, drip or batches, content templates and really going spending extra time making them good so that things are standardized and you know you've you've researched how to approach problems, how to review products in a uh, fair and logical way and you know you're calculating all your scoring and stuff correctly like doing doing all that will really like push the quality like regardless of which which one you take yep so guys if you want to find the notes for this podcast you can find them on atarihacker.com slash drip vs batch with hyphens between so drip hyphen vs hyphen batch and we'll see you next week for another podcast episode thanks for tuning Bye. in and have a good week Bye. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.